Welcome to Get Big Out Loud Radio, where we explore living the complex, funny, and beautiful ride of life with me, Carrie Knutson, and Dr. Pat on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Are your thoughts keeping you small? Are you ready to get big? I will offer you ideas to transform what you are thinking into conscious action. Explore what is keeping you small and how to shift your behaviors in order to get big. Learn what is possible for you. Get ready to get big and live life out loud starting now. Hey, everybody, welcome. This is about getting big. Uh, I love this. I love this. I love this show. Carrie Knudsen joining me here today. Um, Let me tell you what I love about what Carrie does. So the idea of Get Big Out Loud and watching what Carrie has done to redirect her life, and you're going to hear about this today. Because when you're in the middle of, she and I were in the same exact boat. I don't think I shared this with her. Uh, But, you know, Benny knows. Hey, Benny. Hi, Pat. How are you doing today? So guess what? Carrie doesn't know what we're going to talk about now. Uh Uh-oh. Doesn't know. All right. We made history. Yes, we did. History. Mm Mm-hmm. And if you're me, you made herstory. (laughs) And... I'm thinking here today, and I'm, I'm getting ready, and re- we worked this weekend on, on just just moving things forward for our folks. And I'm thinking about Get Big Out Loud, right? And if you're us, Carrie, you're like in Seattle, and the football game is on. Now, shout out to you, Pete, for wearing that mask, dude. Very good. But you're watching the game, and you're thinking to yourself, Oh, my gosh, what's going to happen? And one of the things I love, we are 5-0. and oh. That is like five wins with the Seahawks, zero losses. And I understand, Benny, that is like the first in the franchise ever. Correct. Yeah, we've had 4-0 uh, oh a couple of times and finally crested over, and now we're at 5. And So congrats but to the how team. how did he crest over? So there were two get big out loud moments. Carrie's thinking, I didn't tell her we were going to talk about this. No, but we're talking about optimizing your response to change. So there were two moments, Carrie, in the game. And I'm going to just end with this. But there are two get big out loud moments. One in the game was the Vikings had the ball down at, I don't know what that yard line was. What, What was it, fourth and goal or something? Fourth and one or something down there? They were in field goal range, right? Correct. If they'd have hit the field goal, right, if they'd have done the field goal, even with what Seattle did, they would have won. But they decided to get big out loud. The only problem was they weren't prepared to get big out loud. And their get big out loud moment really got big out loud, but not for them, for the Seattle Seahawks. So then I'm watching this, and I'm looking at what we're talking about today, and I'm thinking, we're going to talk about optimizing your response to change. And so here we are, and we're watching a sport. And I'm watching this, and I'm watching the people all on the sidelines optimizing their response to change. But you have a moment where Linda is not a football fan. And you have a moment where Linda is even watching the Russell and watching. And Carrie, I thought about you, because whether you're a football fan or not, when you take that get big out loud moment, right? Not the conservative one, not the one where you run the ball, but that big get out loud moment. 
something magical happens. But what if you don't optimize your response to the situation? That's what Carrie does. She and I had to optimize our response. Both of us had speaking platforms that we were going to do this year. And uh, scenarios happen, change happens, and here we are. And so today, you're talking with somebody that knows what it means to get big out loud. But how to look at complex, funny, beautiful problems, situations, turn them around, and make things happen. Today, it's not about controlling. It's not about minimalizing. It's not even about playing to win, but it's about optimizing. Carrie, what do you think about that? You had to see the game, right, to see uh, the nail-biting moments where he didn't have to throw the ball, right? Well, you're going to... I, anyone who knows me out there who's listening is just cringing right now because I don't actually know anything about sports. I'm not, but I can appreciate parts of sports. So tell me what they did. What was their get big out loud moment? It was a get big um, out loud moment. It was, I'm going to get back here. I'm going to run the ball for a little bit. Then I'm going to take the ball and I'm going to throw it up there. And I'm going to trust somebody's going to catch it. And you know, what's fascinating to me about this is that this is in sports. These people had to optimize their response to change. Whether you're a sports fan or not, whether you're a music fan or not, whether you're a self-help fan or not, what we're seeing in the world now are people optimizing their response to change. Because I, I don't know where all the cheering came from. I didn't see people in the stands. But can you only imagine what it's like, and you've done it and I've done it, where we get up to speak and we look out, there's nobody there. Well, especially now because the audiences are all virtual and it's hard when no one's there and you have to take your best shot. I guess you could make that analogy too. Sometimes you have to take your best shot and hope that it lands where it's supposed to land better than not taking the shot at all. Right. What, that, that's what I want to talk to you about because it's change. So why is it so hard to change? Let's just get this on the table. Everybody's like, oh, change. Yeah, I can do this. I can do that. But changing is one thing. Responding to change is another what gets in our way? I'd say the biggest thing is as human beings, we want stability and we want predictability and we want to know what's coming next. Like we crave that kind of living where we can plan for things. And so what makes it hard is what we resist when it comes to like chaos, uncertainty, things that aren't clear, things that when our plans get changed, we don't like that and we resist it. And it's very human. It's our human response to change. We we like order and predictability. We function better that way when there's a schedule and we know. And oftentimes our first, we kind of get also complacent in what we do and how we do it. So the first response when someone says you got to do it differently isn't like, oh, great, here's an opportunity. It's like, no, I'm resisting. I want to go back to my safety comfort zone. It's very human. That's why it's hard because we're human. So, you know, look, I, I, I am talking about everything that happens in life, right? When we have a forward motion, so to speak, something has to change. And we don't really look at change like that. So let me give you an example. I was talking to somebody this morning, and we were talking about the fact that one of the greatest changes we've made, this person and I, is we don't, we don't eat out. We're not doing fast food and we're cooking more. And so we talked about that. And people may be saying, what is the big deal with that? 
Well, it is a big deal because for a lot of folks, myself included, it is a change. And let me ask you this. There is get big out loud, and then there's don't get big out loud. (laughs) Thank you, right? I'm oversimplifying it. But both of them are over here. They're They're on different ends of some kind of continuum. What is the game changer? What is the thing where people look and they say, wait a minute, I've got to talk to Carrie about this. You know, I got to talk to her. Yeah, I could sit here. I could hang here. I could be in my comfort zone. But something doesn't feel right about that. I love when you compared it. What's the difference between get big out loud and don't get big out loud? There's two things, I think. One is a choice that you decide to make, a conscious choice. And then the other is courage. And I think you have to have both. You have to make up your mind to make a different decision. And it's not always easy. Again, that's why it's easier to stay in our comfort zones, to make a change. Like even you're saying, like to cook at home versus order out means to shop more, to plan recipes. It's not just as easy as like, oh, we're going to cook from home, right? And for me, the choice, like for speaking, I really wanted to give up. At first, everything is going virtual. I'm like, I don't want to learn how to use all the technology and the platforms. I need an audience and I'm used to that. So I'll just wait it out. (laughs) I'll just wait. So at some point you have to say, I'm going to make a choice to do something different. And that has to come from your conscious mind. And then the other side is you have to have some courage. And I think courage can be cultivated. And sometimes people think, well, I'm scared. I'm like, well, of course, of course you're scared. Everybody is scared, right? And so I don't think that courage means that you're not afraid. I think it means it might be signaling like, oh, I'm about to really change something. How do you muster up your courage? How do you think about that as something really important? And I, I say it like a courage allows you to cross from where you are to where you want to be. I call it the bridge of courage um, in terms of how you think about not only I want to actively make a change, how do I cultivate my courage so I can do it? So I can actually make that change. And I do think courage, sometimes you borrow courage from other people. Sometimes you have to like really get it mustered up. Sometimes you have to feel the fear and do it anyway. And different situations cause us to fear different things. But using fear as an excuse not to change is the universal, don't get big out loud. I'm scared, so I don't have to. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about where we are. I'm going to skip this break for a minute. For those of you just tuning in, this is, yeah, of course. This is Get Big Out Loud with Carrie. Uh, And this is about a complex, funny, and beautiful ride of life. And Carrie and I, we laugh a lot. Yeah, we really do. Like when we get together outside of the show, we laugh and we're going to laugh a little bit today because some of this, when we observe ourselves in the middle of this is funny. So here we are, right? We're in the eighth month of what we call the pandemic life, right? Many people facing challenges we could never imagine before. And I went through this myself early on when everybody was trying to figure out how do we stay in business? How do we file for the PPP? How do we file for the EIDL? How do we then get forgiveness for now that $100,000 that the PPP and the EIDL gave you, right? But some people that I work with, Carrie, they looked at me and they said, I'm independent. I'm a hairstylist. I am a wait- I, I'm a server. And they didn't even know that they could do it. And so let's talk about what is new. What has popped up in an eight month point in time, right? Eight months. And we have had more pivotal, uh, Gene Houston calls it jump time. 
we've had more jump time moments in eight months than we've had in 80 years. Oh, definitely. And that to me, that's creating more stress and anxiety and overwhelm because all of these big jump moments are opportunities for change. And again, the natural human reaction is to resist them. But now we're saying change your schedule, change your to change your work, change your efficacy in your work, like what you could do before you can't. So um, some people have said, like, change your perspective, lower your bar. And I'm like, the bar has completely changed altogether about what makes you effective at work, right? How we meet with people, how we cultivate relationships, right? And then how we show up in the world when we're dealing with personal and professional things that oftentimes meet at home. We're working from home and homing from home. And there's, where's the boundary on that? So we have to change things, put up boundaries, decide, make conscious decisions of like what's good enough. And I always say, this has really made me think about this idea that I love. I heard once someone say, perfect is the enemy of good. And sometimes like right now, especially what is good or good enough for this moment? Because I think a lot of people are feeling stressed because of all these changes and adaptations. And we're used to being feeling good about like professional, right? We show up, we know what we're doing. We have degrees and experience. And you know, this pandemic doesn't care about degrees and experience. <laughs> it doesn't care about any of that. And it has it forced us to reckon with change. And that's why I think the idea of, we have to look at, you know, there's something called like change management theory and all this stuff. I don't think you can actually manage and control change like in that type of limited theory. It sounds good. It's easy to talk about, but in real life, I think the idea of optimizing how we change versus managing or controlling it, because the change is coming, right? So in managing, I can get that, but controlling, I don't know about you, Pat, but I haven't been able oh. to control any of the changes that have come my way. They've just arrived on my doorstep. All right, so I'm talking to Carrie Knutson, the queen, the queen of optimizing your response to change. And when you optimize your response to change, and let me just tell you a little bit about Carrie. So if you're sitting there, you're thinking, how is Carrie gonna help me? Here's how she's gonna help you. This is somebody that has studied emotional intelligence even before it was emotional intelligence. And she's made an adjustment to it. Thank goodness, thank goodness. And the adjustment that, that you've made is taking a look at emotional intelligence. And, you know, it's really good that we came out with talking about emotions. I love it. Um, I just not 100% sure about how that works. And you said something to me one day, because one of the elements of that is control. I think it's the last thing. And I said, I'm in Costco, I have a complete meltdown, my mouth opens and the poor guy that was behind the thing over there, uh-oh, oopsie. Um, but now we're bringing Optimize. And you know, I apologize to you if you're not a sports person, but the thing that happened was less about sports and more about optimizing and getting big out loud. Let's talk about this because this here Optimize doesn't mean you don't play to win. Tell us what Optimize has come to mean for you and how you're using it to help people understand the response to change. Sure. Well, the yeah. idea about how you optimize your emotions at any given moment means that you are on your own path, right? And so some days I think it's easier, easier for us to do that because we've got enough sleep or we have some more reserves of energy or we can think clear. Other days it's a struggle. 
just to make a simple decision, right? And other days we're overwhelmed. And sometimes we look at other people and make, oh my gosh, they've got it together. She seems to be doing fine. He seems to know what, what's wrong with me. And I think the biggest part about optimizing your emotions so that you can respond to change is realizing it is a very personal journey and that you are where you're at for a reason. I always say you can't be late to your own party. All right, you cannot be late to your own party. And this idea of where I'm at right now is what's happening for me. And I may have more bandwidth or more perspective or more abilities as I'm growing, but the idea sometimes we judge ourselves into staying complacent. So if I'm not, if I'm not, if I haven't figured it out, then I'm I'm ridiculous. I suck. I'm awful. I can't figure it out. What's wrong with me? Everyone else. And then you do the comparison thing or the judgment thing. And I truly think that what we have to do is look at ourselves with not only curiosity, like, oh, this is an interesting situation, but also compassion. Like I am a person doing the best I can with what I have at any given moment. And in order to optimize your emotions, you have to start from a neutral place. And if you come from a negative, judgmental, harsh place where you're criticizing yourself, there is no room for growth. And I find that a lot of people have criticized themselves. You can't even see an opening because you've dug yourself so deep. So getting back to neutral means looking at your situation with curiosity and an open mind. Like just be curious like you would about, oh, this is, I'm curious why I responded that way. I'm curious why this is so hard for me. I'm curious why my emotions are so um, triggered around this. I'm curious. And then use compassion as the, as the balance, right? compassion for what you're going through and who you are. So then you can start to optimize your emotions because you can use your conscious mind and you're not driven by these unconscious behaviors. Like, like the idea, like someone says, do you want to do a virtual talk? No. How would I do that? I don't even have a camera. I don't even know what to do. Like, or someone who says, do you want to do a talk on this? And I'm like, well, I only, I do talks on this. This is like, Oh, I have to develop something or someone when the school's and my community are shut down. I had to be like, I had to figure out a schedule for my kids to be somewhere. And I am resisting calling and asking for help, right? Like all the things we resist in the face of change, we have to get to neutral, which is possibility. And I think you only get there through curiosity and compassion. Can I mention something? Yes, please. First of all, thank you so much for introducing me to your amazing daughter. And I know you have two, but I only met one. <laughs> I was blown away by what she was studying, right? And I don't have to go into it. I don't like to disclose things without permission of, even if it is a, a kid. Um, but I was blown away by what, what your daughter was studying. And it brought me back to a time in my life. And, and to be honest with you about this is there are moments in those younger years for me that I think I just rubbed out, like I rubbed them out. Because in order for me to optimize my response to my past and my life and my younger life, in order for me to do that, part of that was completely eradicating any pain around it. And I thought about this now looking back. And when you're in a scenario like that protest of Stonewall or the event of Stonewall, you can't see it for what it was. It was a get big out loud movement. But I thought about that and I thought about a number of other things. Optimize, question for you. 
optimize is a whole different game. And I want to ask you about this because this is the work you do to help people. And I love it because optimize is neutral in a sense, Carrie. And I would like to hear from you. You mentioned perfection. Sometimes we strive to perfection. Russell Wilson, I don't even know what he did. I worked for his uncle and his uncle changed my life. So there's something in that bloodline right there. But optimize is different. Can you talk about it? When I think about this and I go back and I look at my life now, Linda and I worked this weekend because your word optimize was looking us straight in the eye. We needed to work so that we can optimize a scenario this week that would allow us to grow. Did I do it perfectly? Did I put up a perfect website or did I mix a perfect? No, because I know I'm going to come back and give it to David. Can you talk about the difference, though, for people when you say optimize versus perfection and control? Sure. And I just want to take a step back before I answer that, though, to, to talk about what you had said. So my daughter was studying about Stonewall. And it was a really interesting moment that she was studying. She's in sixth grade. And we were on our call, Dr. Pat and I, and she, I introduced her to Dr. Pat and we talked about what she was studying. And she talked about this moment in history. But that for her, it's history. But for, for Dr. Pat, it's something she knows about. And so we talked about how that moment meets when you learn about something in the past that actually someone lived through and um, witnessed. And I think there's great power too when you think about what we're going through now and we're like living through a moment of history, right? We're experiencing something. And sometimes, like I bet in that moment for you, Dr. Pat, you can't always optimize your emotions in the moment. Sometimes you're surviving, right? Sometimes you're not even realizing what you're going through till after the fact and you can reflect on it. And what I think is beneficial in thinking just particularly in that situation when my daughter was talking about as a historical event and you were talking about it as a real life experience is that we don't forget to process our emotions around that as we grow with time and perspective and understanding. Like sometimes we go through things and we're like, whoa, what, who was I in that moment? Or there might be things we regret that we didn't do, right? Or there might be things we were proud that we did, or it might have different significance the more time that has passed. And we see its role in our lives. So I think sometimes when events happen, they're not just like over. And I think it's important if you're going to talk about optimizing your emotions, yeah. that you, along the journey of your life, process who you are, where you've come, look at things to be proud of, and look at times when you've been successful at, at getting through change and struggle to bolster you up because you know what, I did that, it probably means I can do this. Like we've all had to manage change at some point in our lives. And what's funny, I hear a lot of people tell their stories like this. They'll be like, so then I went to college and then I got married, then I got divorced and then we moved three times and then I did this. And they, their story's like a 10 second thing, but all those moving, getting married, getting divorced, whatever are huge moments that then get reduced to a, an event, right? And so sometimes you have to think like, what did you do to get through that, to get you here? Who are you now, right? That, that you maybe weren't then, or how did this get you where you need to be? But you have experience effectively managing change. And sometimes we don't give ourselves enough credit for like, I can't do this. And, you know, we get all flustered and overwhelmed. Um, and we tell ourselves stories about what's true for us or not, or what we think to be true, or 
paradigms about what we think is right or wrong. But in, in truth, if you look back on your life, you have effectively managed change. You've lived through hard things. You've made decisions. You've cultivated courage in the face of adversity. So I just want to bring that up as something, especially you, I think, have a beautiful kind of um, beautiful perspective on on that. And that was so nice when we shared that between my daughter and you and I, those three generations of people talking about an event. And, and you know, we're going to fast forward to where we are because my sense is we're in the middle of a similar energetic event. Now, let me just give you common sense because I'm telling you, if this was you and this was me, and let's say we were going to raid the Stonewall Inn, just saying, folks, the last thing you want to do is raid a bar in the village at about 1.30 a.m. in the morning. Do you know how many drunk people are in that bar? Do you have any idea how many drunk people, dancing people are in that bar? And so when I recall back, and I'm almost afraid to say this, but I, I think I will have to admit this. Um, it was a later event, meaning, you know, you don't just, you, it's one something or one in the morning. And it was fascinating to me when I look back after speaking with you. And I thought, why did they do that then? But here's something you may or may not know. The unrest in that bar, what really started to happen to it, and what happened in there was a scenario of not optimizing a situation. And out of all of the disturbance in there, unexpected things happen. And that's the time we're living in. And that's why I'm bringing it up. We're living in such unexpected time. And there are responses that will happen that we don't know about. And that's what we're going to talk about when we come back. Because what happened at that night was so unexpected for the police as they line everybody up and they want you to check their ID. And, you know, you got men that are dressed as women, of course, refu full drag, refuse to pull out their D, their, their, their ID. Then they get to the lesbian population. Yes. And what do you think? then happens. I'm just saying, ask anybody about the gay women and what they did for HIV and AIDS. When we come back, we're going to talk about what are the decisions we make in the world we live in? How do we know that we are in the optimizing zone of getting us from where we are to where we want to go? And I want to say this about Carrie. This is the work that Carrie does to help everyone change your business, change your life, change on the inside. How do you optimize who you are as an amazing individual? This is what Carrie does. This is what Get Big Out Loud is. And I'm just saying, when we come back, Get Big Out Loud doesn't have a pandemic. Stop it. We'll be right back. Tune in to The Truth is Funny with Colette Steffen each Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This hit show will have you thinking outside the box and riding the wave of infinite potential. Join Colette on the Higher Self Network, inspiring listeners to shine their brilliance and ensure success while roaring with laughter as they recognize the humor of the giant cosmic joke. Visit TheTruthIsFunny.com. We remember a time when you could simply form a thought and it would manifest. The harmony was forgotten, but it is returning now. 
The Power of Inspiration and Awakening Radio with Julia Griffin on TransformationTalkRadio.com each second and fourth Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific will take you on adventures through the heart and spirit exploring who we once were. This intuitive healer studied under the guidance of wolves, learning from their wisdom to master a higher frequency for a new state of mind. Visit OneTrueSelf.com. Stuck in a roundabout of dysfunction? Stop circling around difficult issues and find out what's been holding you back. Learn how to speak your truth to power with host Dr. Kathy O'Bear. Create real change with smart tools and smart strategies. No frills, no fluff, just life-changing conversations to help get you where you want to be. Extend your reach and become an agent for real change with Kathy O'Bear. For more information on Kathy and her work, please visit drkathyobear.com. That's drkathyobear.com. Did you know that all of the shows on the Transformation Radio Network are available as podcasts to stream or download? Really? Check us out. Go to transformationradio.fm. We have business shows, spiritual shows, energy healing shows, and pretty much everything in between. Something for everyone guaranteed to inspire, educate, and transform. We are transforming the world one listener at a time. Tune in to Lucid Planet Radio with Dr. Kelly Neff. This hit show will illuminate your senses and empower you beyond your daily stressors and hardships. Renowned psychologist and author Dr. Kelly will captivate you with far-reaching topics and amazing guests as you wake to the greatest version of yourself. Learn to tap into your intuitions, think critically about our world, heal emotional and psychological wounds, and follow your passions to live your dreams. The Lucid Planet. Welcome home. Visit lucidplanetradio.com for more information. It's time to get your life back on Burn Bright Today with Jennifer Marcinelli. Tune in each month on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Learn to move from the darkness of burning out to the light of burning bright. Jennifer is redefining stress and the energetic causes of burnout, shining a light on process to get your life back. For more information about Jennifer and her work, visit BurnBrightToday.com. Uh, I wanted to say it, everyone. Uh, Carrie's joining me here today. Before we talk about Get Big Out Loud, and, I, and I'm going to finish that story. Thank you, Carrie, for pointing out that people may not know what I'm talking about. Before we go there, I would love for you to tell folks, one, how they get to work with you, because these are extraordinary times. And Get Big Out Loud is exactly the way to optimize our lives. So how do they find out about you? Tell folks what you're up to. You're always up to something great. I am. I'm doing all my presentations virtually now, so I can basically go anywhere in the world through the comfort of my home and my computer screen. So I'm doing all of my presentations virtually, and I do presentations as well as coaching, and I coach individuals and groups, and I do coaching on get the Get Big Out Loud idea, like, well, how can I optimize things in my life? Like, how can I expand my EQ? How can I show up big? And I do that. I help groups do that as well. And then I do coaching if you want to be a better speaker, and um, optimize how you show up as a speaker. So I love those two kinds of coaching opportunities. And then I have a one woman show that eventually I will get to do again um, on the stage, hopefully. And then I'm so excited because in January I'll be offering online classes for people to take as well as a membership opportunity if they want to hang out with me and do more deep dives into monthly work that I'm doing. So a lot of good things coming up on my new website in January, but right now a lot of presentations and coaching. 
Awesome. Thank you. Uh, and uh, let me go back real quick. And we're, we're going to go ahead and skip the next break. So let me just tell everybody about Stonewall for those of you that may not know. You know, Stonewall happened in 69, but I believe it was the summer of 69. Uh, it was the same summer as uh, Woodstock. That's another show. But it was part of an event that happened. Now, this doesn't mean that, you know, we're talking about today, we're talking about the historical moments of the LGBTQ movement. We're talking about going back. Uh, and there were more than just Stonewall. And what I was sharing with Carrie is, you know, after I talked with her about it, I had this flashback. And I thought to myself, well, wait a minute. There was a get big out, wow, out loud moment. There were several. And the way that it rolled, and people, you can look this up, Stonewall riots, it was an uprising. It was a rebellion. It was a riot. But what was it about? It was about about 1.30 in the morning on a Saturday, coming into Stonewall, this, this inn, this bar, walking in there, police raid. It was a raid. Having people line up and nobody knows what's going can you imagine being in this environment i remember standing there thinking oh my god i've got like two ids neither one of them are legal okay that's another show too but here we are uh and we're all lined up and the women the gay women down here we were down at the other end right so they go in line and they separate you by your type so this starts off the bad thing you go over here if you look straight they put you over there then if you are dressed in drag, you go next. Then down the end were the gay women, right? If you read about this, they say there were the lesbians. And so here's what happens. When you go down, they ask you for your ID. The front of the line, everybody shows their ID. The next part of the group didn't want to show their ID. But by the time they got to, they, by the time they got to us down the other end, it was beyond the point of return. And what happened was the get big out, out loud moment where the women in that bar absolutely refused to cooperate at all. It became a thing. It doesn't get talked about a lot. Maybe it's mentioned somewhere in some notes somewhere, but yeah. And you know, both men and women teased each other about it saying, ah, there you, you go again. There, there go the lesbians again, making a big deal. Boy, starting to run. And that was a get big out loud moment to say, we're not going to do that anymore. We're not going to take it. And I think, Carrie, this is where we are now. There are so many get big out loud moments. People have reached the point where they're not going to look at the emotional side of control. They have to take a situation and say, what do I need to change? How do I optimize it? What do I need to do? How do I optimize it? Talk to that. Talk about where we are today and how it is so important for us to own our Get Big Out Loud moments. Sure, I love bringing up the historical context of you being in that moment of Stonewall, which started a movement that we're seeing the results of today in that community, right? So the idea of like something happens here has these effects here. In your own life, you probably experienced that as an event, but didn't in the moment think, I'm getting big out loud, no. <laughs> just surviving it, right? But when you look back on your life, you're like, I, I got big out loud in that moment, and I was part of something. And I'm curious for you, if you can bridge that, have you seen your resilience or your the way you act in that moment? Has that helped you 
to think about challenges you face even now doing your transformation talk radio in a in a pandemic has has who you became in that moment helped who you are today there's no question about it and and you know and i have to give a shout out to the stepmom again my stepmom doris because my stepmom prepared me for perseverance for speaking up and if you looked at my stepmom, I, David, I'm going to have to get your picture of my stepmom to put up here. If you looked at my stepmom, this beautiful blonde woman, drop dead gorgeous, red lips, red nails, you would have never thought about the chutzpah she had. And in her southern accent, she would just say to us girls, she had three girls and then my brother, four girls and then my brother. She would just look at us and say, don't ever give in. And don't ever get down for anybody. Don't drop your knees when you know you're right, when you're standing for justice. How is it helping me today? Well, it's helped me throughout my whole life. But it's also, she's also taught us how to be grateful for no matter what comes your way. But get big out loud now. We need to claim our get big out loud moments now. Sure. Sure, especially when we're going through times of change. And isn't that interesting that she gave you that nugget that you can hold on to? Like, what is your value system? And even in the face of change and overwhelm and uncertainty and chaos, there's some things that stay true, which is what you're talking about. What's my value? My mom, my stepmom told me this and it rang true for me, right? And I think that's part of handling and optimizing change is this idea of like what are you, what's still true for you because many times we tend to like i call it catastrophizing we just catastrophize everything wrong is wrong all the time um <laughs> or we have this idea of like dualistic thinking like i can't possibly get through this and be happy right i can't possibly be struggling but yet find some peace so dualistic thinking oftentimes co-ops our our opportunity to find pleasure or peace or happiness, because if we feel so bad in this way, we can't possibly feel good. So I think that idea of our value systems are something that we can hold strong to no matter what the circumstance. And if we can stop being so dualistic in our thinking, two things can be true at once. Like we can be having a really hard time and there's still joyful moments in life. And they can be, it can totally like for me, I was like, I'm totally suck in some ways to say like, I don't want to do my business this way. I miss people so much. I miss traveling. I miss audiences. I miss spaces. And I'm getting so many cool opportunities in the virtual world that are incredible. And I'm, that I never have had before. And I can also see growth for myself in the virtual world. Like my first presentation, I just have to say, was so, I was like, where do I look? Like, literally with read my name off the prompter. I was like, hello, everyone. My name is Carrie Knutson. Like I was so in my head and it's given me an opportunity to, to find my space here. So it can be hard and there's an opportunity. And I do think that when we're talking about how we optimize our response to change, we cannot get stuck in fear. The stories we tell ourselves, paradigms of how we think things should be, our comfort zones, even legitimate obstacles that are just hard that keep us, you know, stuck. And then our preconditioned responses to people and ideas and situations. Those things are the things that keep us stuck when we have an opportunity to optimize our responses to change. But do you see that if you're staying stuck, the only thing that gets you here is your conscious thinking about 
the choices you may have and the courage it may take you to get there, right? And you have to, again, I love this word, optimize, because some days I can't optimize the same way as others. Like some days I'm on the limited bandwidth. Talk to that. Can you talk to that? Because I think you're nailing something that's so important right now is, can you talk to how we have to adjust how we optimize given the day? It doesn't mean we don't play, we don't get big out loud. Can you talk about that particular adjustment for a moment? Yes, because I think that's so important because this idea, especially in our culture of like, give 110% and you're a superhero and all that. And like, you only have 100% to give. And you are not a superhero. You are very human. You have human emotion. Your humanness itself, like you're not a robot, right? And you're going to feel things and you have real limitations. And I think sometimes people feel defeated because they put their own self or the idea of what they should be on a pedestal. And then they're always failing, right? It's always wrong. I can never make it. And um, it's it's a self-defeating kind of cycle. And what really emotional intelligence asks you to do. And what I like to think about is if I look at where I'm at on any given day, I might have different needs to express myself. I might have different needs for um, connection. I might have a different ability um, to cultivate my courage in any given moment because we're complex individuals. And so, so to expect people to show up and be like hundred percent in a certain way every day is ridiculous. And we have to give ourselves grace. We might have personal things going on that affect our professional life or vice versa. We may be struggling in, you know, those very private ways that we struggle, all of us that are hard, sometimes intangible, but they kind of come up sometimes, especially when dealing with change. It's like, I call it fighting for your weaknesses. Like I have an opportunity, but who am I to do that? Or I'm too old or too fat, or I don't have the education or who, who am I? And I often think sometimes we need to sit in that space consciously so we can say not who am i not to but like like that not who am i to do that but who am i not to right like who am i to do that ask yourself who am i not to and then what do i need to get myself there sometimes we want to push forward and what's needed is a step back maybe we need some time to process our emotions to talk to someone to take a break physically emotionally or mentally in order to study ourselves for the next road ahead. Maybe we need to cultivate our courage and do it anyway. But do you see, it's, there's not like do this and you'll get there. It's like pay attention to who you are and your very human experience. Look at that person with curiosity and compassion and decide in that moment what you need to be able to move forward. If it's facing your fear or if it's getting support, if it's an adjustment, but also realizing you have done hard things before and you will do them again. You have been successful before, you'll be successful again. And you have ethics and values and morals that guide you that are unchanging regardless of the pandemic, regardless of your situation. There are some things that will be true for us regardless. And those things are powerful. And that's how we should show up. I think that's the base of how we show up. Um, yeah. Uh, look, one of the things I want to do is also make sure people know, first of all, that you are still getting big out loud. You're out there. I want folks to know um, how they find out more about you. Because one of the things, Carrie, that I, I've been approached by, and this is fascinating. This is going to be another get big out loud moment if I don't get too scared to do it. Um, it, it is, I'm getting a lot of requests from people 
that are saying to me, have you ever thought about coaching people about like how to be like in the digital world? And it kind of like went over my head. And, you know, you're one of those people that can also help other people because here we are. This is some kind of digital world, but we're still being us. And I think there is now a greater need than there's ever been for people to get some coaching and mentoring. And it's something that I'm thinking seriously about. And uh, But this is something you live and breathe and do. How do people find out about you? How do they work with you? How can they work on optimizing, especially when it comes to emotions? Sure. Well, I love, so you can find me at KnutsonSpeaks.com. It's K-N-U-T-S-O-N Speaks, S-P-E-A-K-S.com with all the information about presentations and coaching. But really what tends to happen, and I love it's very organic, is people reach out to me and say, either I've heard you speak or I like your ideas or I want help in this area of expertise and can you help me? And I really like to individualize the process for people so that it fits them, not my idea of what should fit them. And also I think with coaching, like you said, organically, the reason I started my coaching for public speaking is because people said, Hey, I like how you speak. Can you help me be a better speaker? And at first I was like, Oh, I don't, I don't do that. And then later I thought, yes, I do. I speak all the time and I have tons of ideas that will make people better. And I think the world needs better speakers. That's one of my values. Like I do believe the world needs better speakers because there's so much good content. It gets lost though when you can't articulate your message or you don't have good visuals or you can't stick to your time or you're so nervous you can't show up as your best self. And I have definitely figured out some strategies to do that. So I'm like, yeah, instead of saying, you know, who am I not to? Yeah. Right. I'm sorry. I keep asking that. Instead of saying, who am I? I just say, who am I not to? And so saying yes to opportunities that kind of might seem like a reach for us is what I love to help people do. Right. How, like, if, if there's something like this close, I think coaching, sometimes you almost grab the rain, but you're not quite there. And coaching can help you get there. And that's why I love talking about in, in coaching either individuals and I've done small groups too, like work groups that want to work together in better ways in their organizations, or they are ready to show up differently personally and professionally. So I think that's such a rich opportunity to do individual and group coaching because you get to see the specific situations and then help people, like you were saying, optimize in that moment. And all I'm doing is like, what's the next level? We're not trying to get to perfection. We're not being like, you're all set. You're all done because I think people kind of, I don't want to get done with things. And I always think like, I'm just moving along to the next thing. Right. And, and the, the whole idea we talked about before, perfect is the enemy of good. You don't have to be perfect or know every answer to be able to make, I always say, what's the smallest step that would make you feel like you have done something and let's go there because success begets success. And that is where opportunity lies. So I love this kind of work because between speaking and coaching, I feel like you get the content and the personalization and the relationships. And I, I love it. You know, it's interesting. Um, someone asked me and I've asked myself, I'm, I normally, I don't sit. And if I talk, I'm usually up and standing. And somebody said to me, you know, Pat, you mentioned this the other day and you mentioned there was a way for us to do it. And it totally fell off my radar until I walked in the building 
And I realized right down in our studio, our office buildings here on the first floor, we're in the building with one of the premier companies that do remote teaching, like up at a board teaching with cameras and they do all of that. And I'm walking by there and I'm like, oh my gosh, all I need to do is talk with these folks. And that's how I can help our hosts and co-hosts. And immediately the brain would say, but it's going to cost too much. And I'm just like, I'm just gonna look up their price points. And I find out who they are and that their platform, a marginal monthly cost, right? Would allow people to stand in front of their fireplace, to be a Jerry Maguire if they wanted to, or maybe to demonstrate something. So we're given now opportunities to optimize. What is it gonna take for us to do it? I talk to you a lot, so I'm always reminded, but how do we help other people say, before you say you can't, maybe try something else. Yes, and I think the idea, if you acknowledge that it's very human to defend your weaknesses, I can't because it's just not a good time for me. I like, it's just not, I oftentimes, when people say, you know, I don't have time, I often say, what if you said it's not a priority for me? right? Um, so if you change some of your semantics, but th we all fight for our weaknesses. And that is the part of self-awareness that comes with when we when we start to consciously think, what, why am I fighting for my weaknesses? Why am I saying that I can't or I shouldn't or it won't happen for me? Because it's all about keeping us small and safe, even if we're not comfortable, sometimes we feel safe in our, like they, they, there's a quote, the devil you know is better than the devil you don't. We're yeah. not comfortable where we are, but we really don't want to move ahead because we, we're scared to change. So I think one of the biggest things you can do is there's opportunities all around us. Opportunities still exist. Like you and I on this radio show, when we started talking, I'm like, I'm not, a, I don't know about radio. I've never done radio. I have to get a mic and learn how to, how's radio work? You know, like, and the, when you said to me, it's not a far reach from, you're already speaking, you're just going right. to radio, right? But for me, I had to have a little guide, you're, you're speaking on the radio. It's just this stuff and you haven't done it. So of course you're nervous, but here's how we're going to help you feel. And the first time we did a promo, intro, outro, and I was like doing my, hi, this is, I was trying my radio voice. And again, sometimes we do this when we're trying something new. We try to be what we think we need to be. So my first, my first promo was like, hello, this is Carrie Knudsen with get big out loud. And I was like, Oh my God, who was, that's not me. And then I was like, this is Carrie Knudsen. And then finally I was like, you know what, Carrie, be yourself and do yeah. your promo in your voice. You're just nervous because you've never done this before and you can't see how it's going to work. So I needed help and guidance and support, but I also need to make a little, little leap because opportunity still exists. Even in this time of great overwhelm, sadness, chaos, and uncertainty it opportunity still awaits and i think that's the exciting part of being alive during this time if we can optimize our response to change we can get to opportunity and then if we cultivate our courage we could take the opportunities right and we can still grieve our losses and be sad and be really human about all the things that aren't the way we want and because we don't have dualistic thinking and we can still look for new opportunity. We can hold space for both things to be true, but that's what gets us out of stuff. And that's what helps us move towards change. Wow. Carrie, thank you so much for today. My gosh, um, 
this is really that time. It is another one of these, as Jean would say, Dr. Jean Houston, this is another one of these jump time movements. As Carrie, you would say, this is another one of these get big out loud movements and every day we're most likely to have several of them. Thank you for today. Please let folks know how they can find out more about you and then your personal message. What would you like to leave us with today? Sure. You can always reach out to me at KnutsonSpeaks.com. There's a contact uh, space on there. I'm also on Instagram and Facebook. If you want to find me that way, all my handles are KnutsonSpeaks. And I do answer all my emails. So if you email me, it's me responding. Um, and you can reach out. A lot of people have reached out about presentations that they want to talk about in their organizations. And I'm happy to talk about customizing. And I offer 17 right now um, already. And they're all listed on my site. But also if you've gone coaching and other things, you can find me on that site and see what I'm up to. And I really think that what's so important about today is when I think everything in our lives is about change. Even if you took the pandemic away, we could still have this conversation about how do we optimize, right? It's yeah. just an added really big, I don't know, elephant on our chest right now <laughs> that, that this is happening. And I feel like also our national reckoning with racism is another thing that we have to address, yeah. something that's going on in our culture yeah. and political changes that are going on. So as if one of those weren't enough, right, to think about, if you're feeling overwhelmed, if you're feeling lost, and if you're feeling like, ah, I just, it's too much, it's probably because you're really experiencing a lot in life right now. You're being very human. And my, my hope and my invitation is, don't stay in that place too long because the opportunity still exists for you and everyone else and cultivating your courage to get through change. You've been through hard things before and you will figure this out. Don't give up on yourself, on your best self and knowing like internally your values and who you are when you're at your best will help you mitigate this time. You have been listening to Get Big Out Loud Radio where we explore the complex, funny, and beautiful ride of life with me, Carrie Knutson, joining Dr. Pat live every second Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. I will help you to know which thoughts are keeping you small in order for you to get big. Get big and live your life out loud. For more information, visit KnutsonSpeaks.com.